On this episode, the seven major keys to an effective video content strategy with our guest, Michael King, CEO of content marketing company, iPoolRank. The video revolution is here, and it's changing how we do business. Learn how to use video to engage customers and drive results here on the Video Marketing 2.0 podcast with your hosts, Joel Gubich and Brendan Carty. Welcome to Video Marketing 2.0, where we discuss the world of videos for marketing and business purposes. Hi, I'm Joel Gubich, Director of Business Development at ThinkMojo. And today, it's just me, my co-host and colleague, Brendan Cardi, decided it'd be a good week to go on vacation, which is great for me because I get our guest today, Mike King, the founder and managing director of Viporank. I get him all to myself. And so I get to share... Obviously, our conversation with you, but it's just me and Mike today. So, um, Mike, welcome to uh, welcome to the podcast. And I understand that you also like to be called a content marketing ninja. Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a, a running joke that got stopped in its tracks. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Okay. Well, this is something that's really near and dear to my heart because. You know, in in the role of uh, business uh, development, I'm talking with potential clients all the time, and I find that 50% of what I do is educational, and it's helping them with strategy. It's helping them understand how video fits into a content marketing strategy, how it fits into a marketing strategy, and and I thought that um, that would be something really great, and I saw, you know, we, we met at uh, Wistia Fest in your proposal, and you had one slide there that just spoke to me because I can't tell you how many times I get this question. And your slide was, video marketing is a funny thing because everybody expects it to go viral. And I get people that call me up and say, I want to make a viral video, which, you know, I'm, I'm – Internally, I'm saying to myself, yes, and I want to win the lottery, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a misconception as to what a viral video is. Like, you know, unless it's just like a cat video or some like two second video of some squirrel doing something crazy, like things don't go viral naturally. And it's largely uh, a lot of media dollars that makes it so so many people see so many of these different, uh, you know, videos at scale. So really, when people say I want to create a viral video and they come to me, I'm like, okay, well, what's your media buy? And they're like, what do you mean? I I just want to make something and and have it go viral. I'm like, that's not a thing. (laughs) So like you said, education is is always the first part of, um, you know, making a successful content strategy, not even just a video content strategy, but like any type of content. you got to set the expectation of what is reasonable for them to get out of it from an ROI perspective uh, before you even start on it. And I think that a lot of people don't do that because they may not even know that like viral videos for a brand is not really a thing. So I think, it's, like you said, it's really important to educate people before you even get started. Yeah. And, you know, now I think another thing is people get hung up on numbers mm-hmm. uh, and 
and they measure the sometimes and you know we'll talk later on about uh measurements and numbers uh you know hopefully we'll get to that part in the conversation but you know a a video content strategy is not necessarily about numbers or volume it's about uh the focus or you call it precision absolutely absolutely i mean you don't necessarily need millions of, of views to hit the goal that you're going after. And in the talk, I gave the example of my friend who put out this video, um, you know, about how to or about his his law practice. And he just made a really funny video that resonated with a lot of people. And, you know, even to this day, it's only gotten like something like 800,000 uh, views, but it's it's resulted in a lot of game-changing things for my friend. So, you know, while most people, you can't say, oh, did you see that Thanks Dan video? It doesn't matter that the 400 or 800,000 people that saw it when they saw it yielded the results that he needed. So he didn't need a quote-unquote super viral video to get it done. He just needed the right people to see his video. So in a nutshell, you know, uh, let's cut to... uh maybe the headlines what are and then maybe we can drill down into uh, some of the specifics what are the major um what are the major keys to a video content strategy what are those major things the the three four five you know six i don't know what the number is that mm-hmm. anybody who in business is thinking about using video for marketing what should they be focusing in on Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the first thing they should be thinking about is setting tangible goals. So, you know, whether or not this goal is more views, more social shares, whatever it is, you need to figure out what that is. So you want to align your content. And again, this is not just limited to just video content, but whatever content types you're using, align them with the stage and the user journey that your users or your audience is going to be in. So, you know, If you do like a commercial, which is all about brand awareness, well, you don't necessarily want to measure that commercial on sales. And when I say commercial, I don't mean like commercial like you see on television, but like let's say something that's just about people knowing that you exist. That's higher funnel. Whereas if you do like a a how-to video, well, that's much lower funnel. The people that are searching for that, the people that are coming across that, discovering it in whichever way they do, are more likely to be looking to buy something. Consider this use case, like um, you're on a date and you uh, spill wine on your your date's blouse and you're like, oh my God, how do we get this out? Well, the first thing that you're gonna do is look up how to get red wine out of a blouse, right? And so you're far closer to wanting to make a purchase than somebody who's just looking for I don't know what what's the tide pen or like, you know, what are the options for what you can buy? So thinking about your content with regard to where the user is at when they're consuming it is going to help you figure out which content to create for which stage. And then also it's going to help you to measure it more effectively. So, again, the higher funnel stuff, um, you know, a good example of that would be like the video that they did with Jean-Claude Van Damme where he's like, doing the splits between the two trucks or whatever, like that's a high awareness video. No one is going to then like go buy a car or a truck just because they saw that. However, if they have like a specific interest in a specific feature and they look for that video, they are more likely to be looking to buy that thing. So you would measure those two different videos differently. 
So the, the high awareness video, you're going to measure on views, whereas the lower funnel video, you might want to measure on sales and what have you. So the first thing is having a tangible goal and knowing how to measure that content based on that. Um, and to the point of measurement, I mean, I think it's really important that we think about how the video leads to the completion of those business objectives. So it's, it can be difficult to measure these things, especially if you're just posting your videos on YouTube or what have you, because uh, you don't necessarily get the metrics that you want as far as how it applies to your business. So, you know, views doesn't necessarily mean that people will then go do something. So generally speaking, it's better for you to self-host that video uh, through Wistia or something to that effect. And so then you get actual analytics on your site and you can drive these people to this and then, you know, you can uh, set up whatever other conversion goals, like in the case of Wistia, they have the turnstile feature. Things like that help you to really drive towards things that you can actually measure. Um, and one of the things that I mentioned when I gave my talk was assisted conversions. So what assisted conversions allow you to do in your analytics platform is effectively say a user that came to us the first time from watching this video on our site ultimately bought something later. And there's definitely value in that. I mean, it's the same way that there's value in putting commercials on television. There's value in the user that came to your site that watched the video and then just kept coming back to your site and eventually bought something. So I'm really understanding, you know, um, how you can measure this stuff effectively and then map it back to those objectives that you have. That would be your second major key. And then the next major key really is understanding your audience. So who are these people that you're talking to? Like, sure, I can make a video that will probably perform in a broad uh, broad you know, perspective. But what I want to do is activate my specific audience. So understanding who those people are, where they are, what they do, what motivates them um, is really important. And the way that we do this in marketing is through segmentation or building personas and what have you. And there's any number of ways that you can do that. But I would say that's your next most important thing. Um, so, and so, so we're at three right now. We've got tangible goals, Knowing how to measure, mm -hmm. understanding your audience, um, segmenting your audience. Um, and in a business sense, you really want to segment and get as niched as possible. Otherwise, you're going to spend a lot of money just throwing it out into the air. Right. Exactly. And then after that, it's understanding, you know, where, what your options are for the different channels that you can put your video into. Because every channel operates differently. You know, um, Facebook has a a different set of best practices for video than YouTube. And do you even want to put it on YouTube? Do you want to, you know, self-host it again using a, a platform like Wistia or, or JW Player or any of the other things that are out there? So you want to make sure that you're creating your content for where it's going to live. Like, for instance, if you're you're like, oh, yeah, we really care, care about Vine. Our audience is so much on Vine. Well, that's a very different format than making video for Snapchat or making video for Instagram. So you need to really be aware of these different channels and how they operate and then how you're gonna create content specifically for that channel. And then the next thing um, is knowing what your audience wants. And the best way to do that is, is you know, leveraging keyword research. So it, it's always funny because I think of keyword research as like, 
one of the most powerful things and then one of the most scary things that we have as marketers because you really get to see what people are searching for and you see the types of things that people like misunderstand and things like that so to that point it's very scary to see like in aggregate what people misunderstand about the world but at the same time it helps you understand um what it is that they actually care about so leveraging that data um, gives you a good understanding of what you can create that's going to resonate with people. And then you want to validate that. So, you know, leverage the leverage the um, the data available and the different channels available to test out your creative. And this is a concept that really just goes back to, you know, what, what advertising has done since like the 40s and 50s. Like, before we spend all our money on this thing, why don't we put it in one market first? Or why don't we, um, you know, send out some mailers to see if it's going to work as an ad or whatever? So applying this to, to digital marketing, I mean, you can just hyper focus one of your segments um, and put your video out for those people, and then run ads against that on, you know, uh, YouTube or on Facebook or what have you, and then just you know, allocate a small amount of your budget towards that to see if people are going to actually respond to this video before you put thousands of dollars into promoting it. Um, and then the final thing, really, the final key from my perspective is, um, you know, just getting buy-in from all the people that you need to make these things happen. So building a compelling business case is really about using this data that you can collect from all these sources. So, you know, bringing everything in terms of those personas that you'll build, uh, validating the idea, whether it's through testing or whether it's through the keyword research, and then marrying all that with the data that you have in your analytics, which will show that, you know, these videos that you create generally have a return on investment of X, Y, and Z. So then that way, you're not just like, hey, I want to create a video because I want to create a video. No, you have a compelling business, business case that is very data-driven that speaks to um, you know, what you're trying to create and what you can expect from it. So yeah, I'd say those are your major keys. Okay, well, that's that's pretty good. That's seven, seven <laughs> major keys I counted. And um, yeah. uh, and you know, just so everybody knows, all of this is going to be on the uh, on the show notes page on videomarketing20.net. Um, so all of this stuff is going to be there. We're also going to have a link to uh, to Mike's uh, presentation at Wistia. So all the slides that he used. So um, he's not going to do the voiceover, but you're going to see the slides. <laughs> um, so this is a good time actually to uh, take a little break and uh, hear a word or two from our sponsors. If you want to build something that'll last, you need the right tools. In today's business world, video marketing is the tool you need to drive long-term growth. So get off the sidelines. Contact the video marketing experts at ThinkMojo and start using video as an essential part of your strategy. Visit thinkmojo.com forward slash smart video and mention smart videos for an exclusive offer. ThinkMojo, smart video for modern business. Okay, so we're we're back with uh, Mike King, founder and managing director of Vipool Rank, and we're talking about video content strategy and some of the major keys to it. And so we went through the the seven major keys, according to uh, Mike, in the first part. And in the second part, as we like to do on the uh, on the podcast, we like to get a little bit more granular. And at some point, that word granular is going to go away, be replaced by another uh, word of the month or something like that. But right now, uh, we're going to use granular. And okay. one of the things that, Mike, you talked about was uh, thinking about different 
the different channels that you would use your video for. You know, one of the channels um, that a lot of B2B companies use, they, they create a video and they put it on their website, sort of like an explainer, an overview video, a real, real top of the funnel. Uh, then they also have videos that are further down the funnel, but uh, a lot of people think that one video that I've made now, that 90, 60-second video or something like that, is the same video that I should also embed into an email or put into a newsletter or use on social media. You speak to the point that each place that you're using your video has its own reasons for doing something a little different. You know, Maybe you could speak to that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think a good point to make is that, you know, no matter what channel the video should be in, it should always be about capturing the user in the first three seconds. But aside from that, I mean, you know, I think businesses in general are all about how can we get the most mileage out of this one piece of or this one asset that we created? So, of course, they're like, OK, well, let's take this and put it on YouTube and now let's put it on Facebook and now let's, you know, make it a square and put it on um, Instagram and things like that. But like like you were just saying, the more that you tailor the content experience to the channel, the better it's going to perform. Um, you know, for instance, you don't want to put overly polished content on Instagram because it stands out pretty dramatically versus what the people in your actual timeline are posting. So you want things to fit the box that you're putting in the menu, so to speak. And so, you know, again, because these channels all react differently, um, you also want to think about what are the nuances of this channel that allows things to perform better. So specifically, let's talk about in the case of Facebook, when you upload videos natively to Facebook, they get a lot more visibility than if you're posting content from another channel. So. If you post a video from YouTube, it's not going to get the same visibility if, as if you would have posted it to Facebook directly. So these are the types of things you got to think about. You know, um, also in Facebook, a lot most people look at the, con the video content with the sound off. In fact, I'm guilty of this. You know, I'll wake up uh, early and, you know, like I'll be sleeping next to my girl or something like that. And I just start looking through Facebook and I'm looking at videos. And, you know, I don't hit the sound because I don't want to wake her up, but I'll watch the whole video just trying to, like, figure out what's going on without the, um, the audio. And there are pretty smart people who have gone ahead and just added subtitles to those videos, and so I can have a complete content experience without that sound. Yeah, so and that's and that's that. that and that's one of the things that you could do if you've if you're using a video hosting platform that that provides those type of tools. A lot of people say I'm going to put it on YouTube and YouTube doesn't have necessarily all of those post-production type of marketing tools. Absolutely, and and that's a great segue because the fact is that if you if you want to do things like leverage YouTube's annotations and such you need to plan for that in pre-production because otherwise things are just really like tacked on. And, you know, that makes the video look lower quality than it actually is. So think about that as far as like all the interactive elements that you can add using the YouTube native platform um, before you even create the video. So then it's a more seamless experience. Well, you need to also, I guess, understand, you know, part of this is understanding your audience, you know, one of the uh, major keys that you had before and knowing what your audience wants, you know, the keyword, but part of also knowing what your audience wants goes to understanding why your audience is on a certain platform. 
No, sure. some, somebody's on Facebook is not necessarily looking for, um, you know, the 50 page white paper that maybe they're willing to download <laughs> on LinkedIn. Sure. You know, so but that makes complete sense. And, you know, in terms of aligning things with your audience, um, I think that's very important because, you know, certain uh, networks over index or under index for certain demographics. So as you build out your personas, there's going to be data sources you can leverage to say, okay, this persona is more likely to be on Snapchat and Vine and what have you, whereas this other persona is more likely to consume the video on your site or um, on Facebook or what have you. So I think those are really important determinations that lead into this component of um, which channels to be on and then what are the nuances of those channels to get the most out of it. So, so let's talk about personas because that is something that is really a powerful concept that goes over the head of a lot of people. It requires understanding who your target audience is at mm -hmm. such a, going back to that word, granular level. Instead mm -hmm. of saying, hey, you know what, I want a demographic age 25 to 55. Well, that's pretty big. You know, I want demographic age 25 to 35, and I want them to be female, and I want them to have um, a college degree and work in this thing. You know, the more that you can segment, the more effective you're, you can make a video, and the more you're going to be able to get what you want at the end, which is somebody to do something. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the more targeted the message, the more likely the person resonates with, or resonates with the person. So, yeah, I think that's incredibly important. And, you know, the thing is that a lot of people, when they think of personas or segmentation in general, they think, oh, let's get a bunch of people in the room with post-it notes and group them. And now we know who our audience is. Well, we don't really look at it that way. I mean, we, we have done that process to extract information from our clients. But we want to be very data driven in this. We want to leverage the data you have. We want to leverage the data that's available in these different uh, tools that all these different networks provide. So it's really about telling a story through data. Um, the same way that like when you're putting together some sort of analytics report, you're like, okay, the data says this. This is what this means from a real world perspective. Well, it's the same thing just in the beginning, wherein we're like, okay, here's the data that we've collected. Who are these people? What what motivates them? Why are they on our, our why are they on our website? What is it that they want? What are they trying to accomplish? And so the data we'll leverage will be things like their mailing lists. It'll be things like um, you know data from market research firms. It can be data from um, Facebook or YouTube's tools. Like their ad platforms give you tools where you can see what type of inventory do they have around these different. Um, attributes of these users that you want to go for. So specifically, Facebook's audience insights tool allows you to plug in like, you know, women 25 to 34 that are into exercising and also like to hang glide. Like how many people fit that criteria on Facebook is going to tell you. So to that end, you can then marry that with other data points. So for instance, Google has a schema for this called affinity segments. So you can align that and then measure these people in your Google Analytics and then get a sense of how, what, at what rate are the personas that you're going after coming to the website and then are they converting and then, you know, what is it that they're doing on your website? So it, it's, it can be a very esoteric way of thinking for a lot of people, but it's basically like, who am I talking to? 
and what do they care about? Like, what is what is this profile look like so that we can be thinking about this person when we're creating our content? So I'm now a I'm I'm somebody listening to this podcast. I'm playing. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm role acting that. Um, and I'm saying, okay, you know, I I don't have a marketing department of 50 people where I can have one person dedicated to doing all this work. Sure. So from a from a um, dirt under the fingernails t- point of view, how can a small business or a medium sized business uh, do this kind of work? It seems from your description that this could be a pretty intensive type of um, analytics. It can be intensive, but there's a lot of data out there that can be leveraged. So um, all the market research firms like your Experians, your Nielsen's, your Axioms, they all have these lifestyle profiles that they've already segmented everybody in America into. Or if you live in other countries, there are similar firms that have done the same thing. So, for instance, Axiom, they have these lifestyle segments, and you can actually get these uh, segments in Facebook's Audience Insights tool. So you plug in the features of the people. So again, let's say it's 25 to 34 women, uh, exercise a lot, likes to hang glide. It's going to tell you which of those lifestyle segments represents that the most. So you can essentially take that lifestyle segment and use that as your persona if you want, because these market research firms have done everything for you. Or you can just leverage the data points and build out your own story specific to your company, your goals, what it is that you're trying to do. So it doesn't necessarily have to be as, as in-depth as the way that we do it as a company, um, but it's definitely a process that organizations should do so that they can make sure that they're speaking directly to their target audience. To me, it all goes back to common sense. You know, If you don't know who you're t- – who you're talking to and you don't know what they want to hear and what they want, then you could be talking forever. You can make the best videos in the world. You can have the best content, but it's, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. And I mean, I I always say that, you know, if you aren't being effective with your, your content marketing, you're basically doing really expensive arts and crafts and you're going to get fired. (laughs) I don't want that to happen to you. (laughs) Well, you know, there some people that sell arts and craft materials. Uh, I actually had a company uh, years ago selling arts and craft materials. So we love those people that are buying arts and crafts. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Mike, I think that uh, we've covered a lot of ground, and this was great. So, um, you know, I want to thank you for being uh, being a you know a great guest on the show and hopefully you'll come back for more you know we can dig in a little bit in uh, some of these you know some of the seven uh parts of the uh the content strategy and really dig even deeper you know maybe have some use cases yeah uh thanks for having me i definitely love to come back we can talk through case studies we can talk through all types of stuff so yeah definitely thanks for having me okay so we talked today with uh mike king the founder and managing director of Ipole Rank, and we talked about the seven major keys to a video content strategy. All of this is going to be on the show notes page at videomarketing20.net. That's videomarketing20.net, where you can also subscribe, get our monthly newsletter. Our monthly newsletter gives uh, basically a little preview of the four podcasts that we're going to have in the upcoming month, plus uh, other content as well. So again, video marketing. 20.net and of course you can always download listen to uh, previous episodes on iTunes, Stitcher Radio and SoundCloud.
And, of course, we also appreciate any comments, ratings, as this helps others discover this podcast and join the new world of video marketing. So for uh, Mike, again, thank you again, and uh, we look forward to seeing you on another episode of Video Marketing 2.0. Thank you for listening to another episode of Video Marketing 2.0 presented by ThinkMojo. For more help on how to drive results with video, contact ThinkMojo, the video marketing experts at info at thinkmojo.com or visit thinkmojo.com for more information.